for joining me today on Creative Conversations with Dion White. I am Dion White, and I am your host. This is episode five. Joining me today is Lane Johnson, Texas oil painter and landscape artist. He's also known for his brilliantly beautiful Texas clouds. Today, Lane and I talk a little bit about the power of imagination and how we have to trust the process. So let's welcome Lane to the podcast. Hi, Lane. Hey there. Oh, yay. <laughs> yay, archaeology wins finally. <laughs> Third time's a charm. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it must have been the other thing. Well, I don't, I'm doing well. Um, how are you? Okay. Doing well. Good. I'm nice. just, it's Friday, so it's good. <laughs> yes, and the week has flown by. I was just thinking this morning, like, it has been a blur. Like, what did I do this week? I know I did. I did something and accomplished a lot, but it's like Friday came and woo, it was a blur. Yes. Well, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. And this has been long awaited. I I've been really excited to connect with you in person um, as I've been following you for some time and being inspired by you. So thank you for taking time to join me today, making this happen. Well, thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to meeting you as well. So many people we meet on Instagram and we don't really meet them, but it's really nice to connect. It is. And I think it's really important for both of us um, in yeah. the field that we're in and, you know, the path that we're walking is similar. And so it's always nice to connect with people on a deeper level and to uh, what we call um, gain more like um, relationship capital, so to speak. You know, let's really exactly. be authentic and connect with people in this life because we're not yeah. meant to do Real. we're not meant to do it alone. Right. And then real people, not virtual. <laughs> yes, real people. And as a matter of fact, I did. I found you on Instagram and I, I don't know awesome. why. It must have been uh, maybe a video you did or your beautiful cloud paintings caught my eye. And I thought, wow, I'm really impressed with this guy's work. I need to follow him. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, that's exciting, exciting. Well, well you live in Texas. Is that right? Tell us a little bit about live- where you're at and what you do. Yes, I live in East Texas. Texas is a really wonderful state that's got lots of variety. Uh, Some of the things I've been painting are Central Texas, but where I live, it's pine trees, hardwood oaks, and things like that. In fact, where I live on my property, it's completely wooded. So uh, whenever I want inspiration, I just have to walk out my door and go for a walk. That's amazing uh, because you have that completely threw me here I thought you were in the hill country of Texas and because you're painting that and so I understand that because uh, for a series or a portion of my time of painting earlier on I did a lot of coastal stuff and I don't live near the coast it's about a four-hour drive at least and but it was where I gained a lot of connection and inspiration for my art and so um, I still paint water and stuff like that, but for a long time, it was like anything coastal or beachy, I was there, you know, and it, it inspired right. my skies. It really did, like exactly. sunrises and sunsets, but so I actually yeah, live. It does work that way sometimes, yes, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like a sanctuary, so to speak, for me, you know, mm-hmm. but I actually lived in Texas for four years. Uh, we lived in Fort Worth. Okay, very good. And um, my daughter was born there, and she desperately wants to get back to Texas. She's like, I'm from Texas. I'm like, well, you were born there, and you lived there about six months. (laughs) (laughs) She's pretty much grown up here in South Carolina for the majority of her life, but... um, Are you in South Carolina? Is it it wooded? What is it like there? So I'm on the west side of South Carolina, and it is um, just kind of at the base of the mountains, the Blue Ridge. So there's a lot of vegetation, a lot of trees, hills, and some farm country, like uh, crops of corn and um, things like that. But I... Me, particularly, I'm in the city, and so other than the big tree oh. that just fell on my house. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I remember you. Okay, I'm sorry about but, that. Uh, so we have no more, really, trees on our property, but there's it's established residences areas, and there are a lot of pine trees here. Uh, we have lakes, and so it reminds me more of, like, central Texas, you know, like the Fort Worth area. Oh. 
awesome. Very you much know. It's funny because uh, where we lived in Houston, the subdivision was called Highland Timbers. And we had these ginormous pine trees beside our houses and the hurricane comes and they go down and they, I call them house cutters. <laughs> and when we decided to leave and we had property in East Texas already and we were going to move away to build our, build my dream studio. And I said, okay, no pine trees this close to the house. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So when you say East Texas, I'm thinking now I'm probably not thinking East enough. Cause I'm thinking like Tyler Canton, that kind of thing. Where are you at? Uh, I'm actually talking to you from Tyler right now. Oh. Uh, we are where we live is about hour and 15 to 30 minutes South of Tyler. Okay. It's funny because when we take off to go there, I always think I'm going east, but we're going north. I see. So, uh, we're in the kind of near the Davy Crockett National Forest. Sure. Oh, that's beautiful out there for sure. It's yeah. Well, getting into the conversation a little bit more about creativity and you as a painter, um, give us a little bit of your backstory, Lane. How did you get into art? Did you know you were always an artist? What What was your path and, you know... Give us a little bit of that backstory. Yeah, I, I go way, way back. Uh, <laughs> there, there's a painting uh, that I have that my, I have in my mom's room. She's in a nursing home that she loves this painting, and it's, it's the date on it is '73, and I was 13 years old. And this is an 18 by 24 painting, and I look at back at that now and think, wow, I was really brave to be painting that size back then at that age. But I started earlier than that. She, my mom, she always she had some uh, paint my number type things. Mm -hmm. And I was always fascinated with how these globs of paint can fool your eye to make it look something real. So I, I did maybe one or two of those and I was probably maybe nine or 10. And then I, I would always drool over the paints and the art supply areas <laughs> that we go to. And back then uh, the, the books that were around were, I think they were Walter Foster books. Uh, Bob Ross was not around uh, yet for me. I never, in fact, I never really, saw Bob Ross. My, my upbringing was more with Willie Alexander, mm -hmm. uh, but I don't paint like that at all. So it's interesting. But I remember starting to paint small, I think it was 9x12s oils, and just gradually moved along. My mother and father, they, they knew somebody that actually is a friend of mine's mom who was teaching oils in like a church scenario. And uh, they, they connected with her and she started teaching me some of the basics of oil paintings and eventually moved on to, to acrylics. Uh, but going on through into junior high and then by high school, I was pretty much uh, painting on my own. Uh, uh, there's a painting I have of my grandfather that I did back in those days. And I, this is one thing I love about painting because you can always remember, at least I can always remember what was happening when I was painting that painting. I could remember thoughts the thought process about uh what was what i was mixing what color i was mixing and uh what was what sounds were going on at the time it's it's very it's a good memory thing for me but uh I, from high school i went on to college and uh in college i started out as a painting major first semester but very quickly kind of changed over to uh graphic design and, and eventually illustration uh back then uh the, representational painting really was not in vogue as much as it is now. Mm -hmm. Representational painting is coming back more so now. Mm -hmm. and, uh, that's really good. So, but basically, gosh, right in the middle of college, I started working as a graphic designer slash illustrator. And I've been doing that for a long time, obviously, but uh, that career kind of led to a career in children's books. So I did that for 15 years. Well, that's and, amazing. Uh, so did you uh, work for a publishing company or were you freelance that way? It's most often it is freelance, yeah. you, but various publishing companies. So you, as an illustrator, if you're writing, it's fantastic because you have the whole control of the project. But as an illustrator, usually con are contacted by the public, a publisher mm -hmm. and they see if you have an interest in the particular story. And then if, if you do, then you or we see the manuscript and then you interpret it and go from there. So uh, it's really, it was a very fun part of my life. Saw thousands and thousands of kids. That's amazing. And I, you know, it just from what I know a little bit about your personality, uh, you seem like 
you would be very good with kids too. So, um, well, it's, it's, it's awesome because kids are, we do not give kids enough credit. I agree with that. And intelligence and an imagination. And, uh, that's what I, I would always tell, ask the first question, what's the most important tool that an artist has in a studio? And, the, and you would, depending on the grade you were talking to, uh, by the time you got to fourth or fifth grade, they, you get a lot of hands and they'd say imagination. They, they understand it. Oh, but wow. the first, first, first grade, second grade, it's your pencil, your paintbrush, things like that. But it really is. It's your imagination. And we really need to give kids more credit uh, for that than we really do. Now, you've touched on something that I'm really passionate about, <laughs> is dreaming, um, imagining, and the power of vision um, yes. that we can have. And that that is why I believe visual arts are on the rise again. Um, I think for so long, you know, people are chasing the American dream, and they're like, well, this isn't all what it was cracked up to be. <laughs> and they've, yeah. they've lost the real dream they've lost their real dreams they've lost the yes. things that they imagined from childhood up um because my road it it took a long time for me to get back to where i am i i started out knowing i was an artist i started out painting i started out um wanting to go to art school and i just didn't go down that path it didn't end up i wasn't wasn't able to finish that and it took me a long time to get back to really right. living my dream but not just that but knowing that this was what i was gifted with and to do right and uh, yeah right and so you know imagination is so powerful um it i mean it can change your perspective on things it can help you dream bigger it can help you um achieve things like vision boards i mean i'm so passionate about that and so i love that that children gave you that answer because don't we all need to be a little bit more like children yes uh (laughs) especially with christ uh yeah uh it's amazing, though, that one of the things that I saw as a phenomenon in schools is you asked a, a kindergarten class or first grade class, uh, who wants to be an artist? Everybody raised their hand. By the time you got to fifth grade, there was only one or two people or, or they were always they were already pointing to other people. But uh, we do it to ourselves for some reason. We, you know, we pinch and hole what people are good at very early. Uh, hmm. And and it's just you know, it, it would be better if there was more freedom to use their imagination and explore it. Well, that reminds me, you know, of um, a, a quote by Pablo Picasso is, you know, every child mm-hmm. is an artist, basically, you know, I'm not sure if that's exactly how it's quoted, but it, it's, it's something like that. Every child is an artist. And I think that there, we, we don't have the world yet to really pollute or, uh, what's the world, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like um, cloud our, our vision and, yeah, you know, to, to, yeah. so we, st- we yeah, see things so much purely as a child and we don't know what's right and what's wrong really yet either, you know, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. And so we just were like, well, what's wrong with that? I'm just dreaming about that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so the, there's no judgment on it. There's so. no judgment on it. Isn't that so true? So I feel, I feel a great responsibility and I don't know if you do, but I feel like maybe you do as well. But um, and and an honor to be an artist, to be a visual artist, because I don't know about you, but I was <laughs> when people see an artist, um, they stop. Like if you're painting somewhere, or you're you know you're doing a show, or you're painting somewhere plein air, or you're even carrying your supplies. It, there, yes. there's this like there is this childlikeness that Mm -hmm. comes up when you're you're like oh that person's an artist you know (laughs) yeah Yeah. and it's amazing one of the things that uh the the phenomenon i I take things for granted as in what i do and um, sometimes my wife points out that you don't see it and i say no i don't but the the reactions and the feedback i get like from instagram it's, it's not, I can't deny it, that there's an influence there. And, you know, God put me in a place to influence doesn't mean that I can see it necessarily, but the re, just in the same manner that you said, you came back to art. I've gotten so many comments from people saying, thanks so much for whatever you've brought me. You have inspired me to pick up my brushes again. I've, I haven't paid a long time. That's awesome. Yes. I don't know. And, you know, that's not, I didn't plan that. And it's not just one or two comments. It's a lot of people. Yes. Yes. Your following is growing um, by leaps and bounds. And, you know, 
I think that there's, there's favor on your life for sure in that area. And I know what you mean, you know, because, you know, as I'm doing these live classes now on Mondays, uh, I just feel like I, I'm supposed to be doing that. I really do. I just feel like somebody out there needs that. And, um, you know, because there were people out there that I watched their videos that re-inspired me. And so I'm like, well, maybe I can connect with other people and I can inspire people to do that and teach them. And I think it's important that we do teach other people what we know. It's kind of discipling, mentoring, you know. Uh, you're giving many gifts and, you know, you're not supposed to just squander them. You, you, you know, pay it, pay it forward. You show people. That's it. Paying it forward. I have so many, I hear so many people that, you know, you can look at an artist and go, oh, they're, they're, that's a God-given gift. You can see that. Well, you know, we all have gifts and it's, uh, it's up to the person to f- discover what the gift is and how to apply it. Yeah. And yep. yes. so I take mine for granted in the fact that it's what I've always done. I don't think about, you know, I'm going to go do something that, to create this thing happening. So uh, I do need to be more reflective about what I'm doing though. Well, you know, that just comes in time because I think what we do it so much is, like you said, we can take it for granted. And and listen, this perfect example is um, I'm teaching a Wednesday night class right now, and it's kind of through its creativity and spirituality together and how we function and learn to co-labor with God. Um, and bringing to pass things visually for the world, you know, to help our culture and to connect with God again through nature or however. But I realized how (laughs) this was just kind of crazy. I came home and told my husband, I said, I realized um, that I I actually am an authority in this area. I I didn't realize that I had that much knowledge, that I had that much experience. And it was kind of mind blowing to me. I'm like, wow. I'm I'm, me too. It's like, it's funny. I'll sit there and do a video as I'm painting and I don't think about what I'm doing. It's, it's like I'm in the groove and I'll get to the end and I'll watch the clip that was just filmed. I was like, wow, it looks like I'm almost know what I'm doing. So <laughs> it's, it's much different looking at it after the fact. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I don't know, but I, I know that I step back and I look at my work and go, I can't believe I just did that. Do you ever do that? Oh, yeah. Uh, the first time I had that experience was, again, this is back in the advertising days. I was uh, doing paintings of pecans in the various stages uh, of like a, of car- the whole nut and then cracked and then opened and then the final kernel, the, the nut. And I remember painting on that last one and thinking, and back then I was painting with gouache, but I was painting on it and thinking, this is just this is horrible. This is horrible. I came back the next morning and it's like, whoa, where'd that come from? That looks like a- <laughs> it's, it's a, that, that's his, the phrase I use constantly is trust the process oh, yes. because yes. in particular with painting large paintings, because uh, when you work, when you're working large, things can become abstract because you're working closer to it and you're constantly stepping back to see, yes. but it can become abstract to you that you're not seeing a true representation of what you're seeing. So you come back the next day and it's like, Oh yeah, moving along or the first several days of something, you know, I always I used to tell kids that's the ugly stage, you know, but you have to trust the process, move forward as you have in the past and it will build and build and build. But well, I'm, get the final. I'm going to tell you right now, you're not allowed to use that word on my podcast. <laughs> the word ugly, <laughs> <laughs> because listen, that's just it is trusting the process and you know I was watching you do your underpainting and you know surprisingly as I've been teaching my classes in the acrylics of doing the underpainting as well people don't really know that that's part of the step you can take you know to do it and so you know I don't always do that I will uh, but most of the time these days I do if it's doing clouds I will rub out highlights at a certain sure. you know early on uh, but sometimes uh i will just tone the canvas or tone the panel and then come back the next day after it's dry and paint directly into that i feel uh, like it is a um this is what i teach my followers is that it really reduces the intimidation factor of the canvas yeah. is just by white putting color on it yep <laughs> yes so I, white you, you can't call it ugly uh, you, you can call it process art okay <laughs> <laughs> I always tell them, don't judge it. Don't judge it. Don't judge it by the underpainting. So, but you're right about the big paintings is you, you're working close up and then you, you're almost like, how does this even fit? And you have to step back and look at it. So, 
I mean, that's why it's so fun to paint small because I love it. We <laughs> realize uh, the painting fast. I mean, when I was doing 30 and 30, uh, you know, it's one painting a day. Yes. I basically did half a painting and then finished the previous paintings, the previous day's painting. They were half and half to equal one. But so I'd start one, do uh, maybe 45 minutes of it, and then let it alone and then go finish the other one. And then the next morning, I would you know do the same thing start another one then finish the previous one so uh it, it it's amazing how much you can do when you work that intensely yes. on something uh you really do see the final product well and that's quickly. what i love about painting small i don't i mean i paint big and small now the biggest ones i'm working on right now are 30 by 40 and i know that you paint much larger than that but the small paintings um, there's something about completing a painting in a shorter amount of time and seeing that finished piece of work that builds your faith, builds your confidence, and it, yes. you know, brings fulfillment. And um, plus, I just like little things, you know, so. Well, you know, it also yes, builds yes. your skills. Uh, it really does. Uh, that's one thing I've noticed from doing 30 and 30 twice is it, you, you I, I noticed certain things I'm just doing better. And it's because of just the intensity of now, so much painting. was that something you just challenged yourself to do or did you challenge your viewers? Because I don't remember seeing that. I, I don't remember who was uh, the initial challenge, but my wife said, you need to do 30 and 30. And I go, no way, I can't do that. That's the first, you know, the, the glasses have empty mm -hmm. type thing. And I look back and think, wait a minute, I think I can do that. And so it really, it really built up to something really nice. Uh, I had a, we were planning a, uh, a plein air visit to Maine just after that. So I thought, this will be a really good way to build up to doing that. And it really worked out That's well. That's awesome. Well, speaking of, um, you know, our subject matter of what we paint, how did you come to just painting Texas landscape? Was it just because that was your inspiration? and Or how is it basically that you even came to painting clouds? Because, you know, I look at a lot of skies, and I'm going to tell you, we don't have clouds like that here. We just don't. Yeah. <laughs> They're just not here. Yeah, yeah. We noticed that when we remain, it's like they don't have these kind of clouds. Uh, the kind we have. But it's a, it's a hard question to answer. You know, I've been painting landscapes a long time, and I've been painting clouds a long time, but I never considered the cloud as the, quote, lead actor, right. per se. When I start, when we first left Houston and we moved to our country and property and built uh, everything, uh, it was a transition period for me. Uh, in fact, I'd gone nine months without painting wow. uh, when I got to the studio. So at that point, I was transitioning from just finished doing children's books, and I wanted to be get back to fine art painting. To So I had to decide what I want to paint. So the first thing I naturally jumped into was portraits. And so I did several portraits, and my wife finally asked, what do you like painting the most? And I said, well, landscapes. So we'll yes. do that. <laughs> so. So I decided that the, the hill country was the place I always found fascinating. Uh, where we are now, we, we don't have rock structure type things. Whereas hill country, you have all these neat textures that are different. And so I chose to, to go that route. And as far as the clouds, um, I don't know. I go where I'm led and then it builds up to, you know, that turned out really well and people are really reacting to it. Maybe I should follow that direction you know and, you know i don't necessarily plan so many things i do follow where i'm led you know and that when i when i pray i pray to the spirit actually uh you know show yes. me the path let me you know i don't want to I, the best i can do is get in the yes. way <laughs> so, you know and get hurt usually <laughs> but but yeah, it's it's something that has just developed, and I truly enjoy, and I, I enjoy it. Painting, painting clouds is very different, and it's there was a movie called Chariots mm -hmm. of Fire. I don't yes, uh, Eric, Eric Little was the Scottish runner, and he was not going to run on Sunday, but he was telling somebody that about what it was like to run. And he said something to the effect of when I run, I feel God's pleasure. And uh, that's kind of the way it is with painting clouds to me. It's, it's, it's like I'm here in this zone and that's the closest I can come to dancing. <laughs> by the way, is, <laughs> like, 
It's because again, when I look at the video and you know after it's done, I'm going, wow, that looks really lyrical. And you go and you apply, you know, music is going at the same time. And sometimes I see in the video where I'm <laughs> swaying to the to the music yes. sometimes. So. Well, I do that definitely with um, classical music. When I'm painting classical music, I, I find I'm making brushstrokes to the beat sometimes and to the melody. You know, it's funny. The next thing you know, I'm going to be conducting the whole orchestra. <laughs> Yeah. sometimes it's like well, that stroke wasn't so good that's when I stepped on her toe or something I love it go fix that. well I think it's really amazing because you know I wasn't led to paint clouds but I'm led to paint flowers because I love landscapes too yes. but and it's like God has given different artists different jobs you know like okay you're gonna I want I'm gonna lead you to paint this you know and because I'm trying to think of like other artists that I know that do what you do and I don't think I've ever come across anybody who paints a sky like you do I'm I'm sure there are out there but not that I have seen and you capture light so incredibly well I experience like the awe of creation and you mentioned your mom and you know my mom was um is with the lord now but and the painting has been an amazing thing for me for grieving you know therapeutically but she fostered my art as well and she was always in awe of god's creation like she just like she was never like nothing she was always like surprised like oh my god look at that sunset you know look at that sunrise look at that flower and it was the real real thing is better than the paintings yeah and i can't imagine i mean because your paintings capture it so well and it's like it's an experience when you look at your work and you know sometimes like this one i'm looking at your website and um the one that that your cover photo at the top i don't know if that's a a shack or if that's a, a wagon being drawn it almost looks like a wagon i think like pioneering and i'm like it makes yes. me think of yeah. you know time gone by but yet you've captured the exactly. sky and it's so it's like such an experience and i can't say that about all art that well, i view one of, things, one of the things i truly try to do is create a sense of place or time yes. to me that means it's not just the visual. I mean, I, if I could, I'd do scratch and sniff on a painting. <laughs> but, cause me, I, you know, when I smell like red oak, uh, firewood, it really reminds me of my grandfather yeah. because of a certain memory. And I get the, the, these kind of reactions from people looking at my paintings because they are seeing something brings back memories from them. Oh, hang on one second. Can you hear me? Yeah, no problem. That was the uh, let's turn off the do not disturb. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Anyway, no problem. It's phenomenal to hear people talk about their their past and how something that I did moved them moved them to make a comment. Yes. First of all, so that's that's it's special. Well, and it's connection, and it's it's not a connection to you it's a connection to something greater in their life. And, but we've just helped usher that in, you know, and I do also like to try to create a a sense of um, time space or atmosphere experience with my work as well. And I don't know how that's how, I don't know how that's doing, but I hope, I hope it's doing that, you know? So, I mean, that's one thing living in where we lived here in Texas. I grew up in Houston. So, Atmosphere, we knew about atmosphere. Uh, That's one of the earliest memories I have uh, driving between Louisiana and and Texas is atmospheric perspective type things. And uh, these are the kind of things that you're seeing in real life that inspire you to go paint or go draw or do that. So uh, it was a fond memory. That's awesome. And you're right about the smells. I, I get those once in a while, like a smell memory. And like I'm looking at one of your paintings right now and it looks like it has a storm and there's lightning and I'm like I can smell rain from that you know it's just it's amazing I love it I love it well I'll tell the viewers uh, well the viewers the listeners that um, I call you the modern day Thomas Kincaid which you know we you're you know you're your own of course and in a different way but I it's basically because of how you capture light and um which reminds me of a lot of the Renaissance era and the Impressionism, you know, era, they, they learned to capture light. And so even though that your paintings are more realistic, 
um, there's still some sense of uh, wonder there and impressionism in in your strokes. And I just really love it. I would love That's- to come. And study under you, actually. That would be, be awesome. an amazing treat. Awesome. <laughs> because uh, the, the, the brushstroke is something that I endeavor to move forward with even more. It's because years and years of illustrating, and I used to illustrate with an airbrush, and so it's mm. very, very detailed. And to be able to loosen up and get those brushstrokes uh, to show, uh, actually, it was something I was able to achieve when I was doing children's books. So it definitely translated more back when I got to fine art painting again. But uh, Yeah, I've tried to really kind of loosen up myself. And um, I think for the longest time, I had this idea in my head that what art had to look like, you know, and it had to, and there's just so many different styles out there. And I'm just pretty much paint what I love and paint the way I love. And if I want to make something more realistic, I do. And if not, then I don't. It just depends um, kind of on the emotion with it as well. Yeah, yeah. And like you, I'm, I'm led. I, you know, I try to uh, seek, you know, definitely higher counsel for which way to go, what to do, what to, you know, paint. And most of the times it's, it's the perfect thing for the perfect time. And I, I like to, I'm like, I don't have to be planned to a T but I do like to know the direction I'm going, you know, and then whatever unfolds from that direction is fine with me. Um, but I particularly like to say, okay, well, I'm going to start with this flower. I'm not sure exactly what it's going to turn out like, <laughs> but I know that that's what I want to do. And so do you photograph a lot of your stuff then, of course, for reference? Oh, yeah. When, when I will, uh, like for, for landscape, I will certainly will go to the place. And here's the thing. You can't just go and take pictures. You really yeah. soak it in because pictures lie to you. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, they just thank goodness in some of those cases. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> you get back with so I take lots of my own pictures of things, and yes. you bring it back, and you still have to piece it together in the way that you remember it. And then, of course, you can take creative license with certain things. Uh, but it's funny you had mentioned um, Thomas Kincaid. And it's, it's, I just noticed something else interesting on Instagram is that actually I get, I've, I don't think I've only had a couple of people mention that they mentioned uh, Bob Ross and oh really I thought Bob Ross, I don't pay anything like what Bob Ross paints like. And then I, you know, my wife was reading about it and the thing about Bob Ross was there were loads of people that watched Bob Ross. I was one of those people. I see. I the other guy. I didn't really watch Bob Ross, but I, you know, I'm, I'm aware of him. But the phenomenon was he'd have people watching him that weren't even painting. Yes. His voice was very gentle. He said kind <laughs> things. Everything yes. was wonderful, and it was a very stressless experience. You relieve stress, and so that was a, one of the big things about Bob Ross. I think and. You know, when people are making comments regarding mine, you know, I may have these beautiful soundtrack playing while I'm painting or whatever. And then these people make those similar comments. I, I get it now, I guess. You know, I don't paint. Uh, the only time I paint all the prima would be when I'm uh, outside painting, you know, get it done all at one time. Uh, yes. But I paint in layers, so I don't really paint the same way that Bob Cross painted. But Right. Yep. Me too. And I'm a layer painter. I just... and that's just something I do. I like to lay my foundation and paint layers and block out color and build that because I really feel like that gives some more substantial depth to your painting. And, you know, um, but it's interesting because I I grew up watching Bob Ross and I actually did grow up painting along with him. I have paintings that I painted and gave them away as presents to my mom and friends like that. But um, that was that era of this, the seventies and eighties for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, but now I even, you know, you're right. He could, well, he could very, put you to sleep very easily or soothe you, you know? So sometimes for background, noise, I'll put it on Netflix. <laughs> artist. I mean, he was, you know, the way Fred Rogers would talk to uh, kids and his, his, he never raised his voice. He never, you know, it was very relaxing to listen to and to watch. 
I feel like that that's what I'm trying to do on my mini masterpiece Mondays is create a path to peace for people through creativity, whether that's if they're creating with me or they're just watching for pure enjoyment and finding peace in that place, because that's really at the heart of what I'm doing there. Exactly. So I can, I can resonate with the whole Bob Ross thing. (laughs) (laughs) So do you have a favorite color that you love to use and what color, what kind of paints do you use? Cause you're an oil painter. So what are your favorites and what's your favorite color? I've painted though in acrylics for many years, but now I paint exclusively in oils. Uh, Favorite color back in the day when I was doing children's books, it would have been purple, which I still ah. like. But actually, there's a there's a color that I am using a lot, painting landscapes with clouds. Is uh, Lucas's Cassel Earth. It's Ooh. a, and that particular one has a. It's well, there was a previous one they had that they don't use anymore. It was a Van Dyke brown that had a certain slightly purplish character to it. They don't have that anymore, but the Cassell Earth does. And so mixing that with some ultramarine blue in right uh, proportion uh, with titanium white gives you some nice shadow colors on clouds. That yes. It's, it's just one of these that it's like, oh, well, I'm going to order more of this. So. Well, you have found that you have found the definite color and the secret to that. And your mixing is incredible. And I've appreciated, you know, watching your mixing um that you've shown on video it's really important there's a lot of people that don't know how to mix colors and so i mean i what i take for granted okay there's another one of those things it's like what do you mean you don't know how to make this color hard thing on doing these videos is that these are the things i don't even think about i just just do 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 do, but there you got to slow down and go okay i'm this 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 is this and this is what i'm thinking so uh it's it's just a different painting experience yes it is and yeah, it has caused me to just really take uh, intentional notice of what I'm teaching. But, you know, we're speaking it back to ourselves. And so that's awesome yes. for us is in the same way, you know. So what's the biggest, um, what are you working on right now? Right now I'm working on, let's see, is a 18 by 24, not a very large painting, but it's a cloud painting that is going to be for video. Uh, and I realized, you know, what I really need to do is a smaller one that's got a simpler composition and uh for people that are that really want to paint and they want to know how to paint a cloud uh, but you know some of my compositions don't have just a single focal point there's you know you can go up to three i think it is safely but uh the compositional part of it is more complicated so uh there are people that won't want to learn that so the, the current painting is a a again a downpour big cloud and uh, right now we're looking at what's the best way, what's the best way to do video, which, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I just finished doing a, a, a really nice one off of my phone and then it didn't want to transfer to the computer. <laughs> and so I finally figured it out. So got it off of there, but the video files are huge. So, yes, uh, they're huge. And so what I'm trying to do is, um, when I do them, I download them to my computer and then I try to get them edited in iMovie as quickly as possible to upload them to my YouTube so then I can take it off. You know, otherwise you can, um, we're talking a little technical stuff here, but otherwise you can, you know, get you an external hard drive. My son is like, mom, you need an external hard drive. And I'm like, okay, all right, I need to invest in one of those because it is. Picks up a- Ours was just delivered. So. <laughs> oh, awesome. See? Yeah, it's just. <laughs> but you- incredible sorry but you're right about the focal point and um simplicity you know when i'm trying to choose my subjects for my mini masterpieces on mondays i want to be able to see okay like what's the lesson i can teach them in this am i talking about value am i talking about perspective of course i'm talking about all of it but you know um but i want to give them something that is simple enough for them to accomplish yeah and in, and if I add to that, say even after the fact, that's a different story. But so I try to keep it simple and mine pretty much only have one focal point because they're only four inches, you know, four by fours. But um, I could, I could have two probably in there depending on the size of the subject that I'm doing. But yeah, I think you're right with the three focal points that's pleasing to the eye. And also it's, it's a good way for the eye to travel around the canvas. It's a travel thing. Uh yeah, the 
you know, the, the comp, you know, these are another, another one of those things that a long time ago uh, in, in, in college, I had a really great design teacher. Uh, in, in fact, he would give you a piece of candy when you had a really good design. So <laughs> what kind of candy was it? <laughs> it was a piece of hard candy, you know, of course, <laughs> critique all, and he would put candy on certain pieces. So, uh, but you know, you, you learn so much about design and, and I just don't think about it. So somebody asked me, well, how do you, how do you learn design? How do you get good at design? And it's, it's, that's another thing that I see with people nowadays. They want the magic bullet. How can I do clouds? Bam. You know. Yes. And it takes time. It takes a lot of time. But uh, there it's is a relationship with your materials. It's a relationship. Really. It you just learn to use them, you know, and well, you learn what works and what doesn't. I always said design is something you can learn the basics of, but to get really good at it, you, it's an acquired taste kind of. You have to do a lot of it and acquire a certain sensibility about it. And, and, that, trying to answer any other way for me is like, I don't know what else to say. You can learn some basic things about composition, but to get really more complicated and more, you just have to take time and go through the motions and do it. Well, if we want to talk about this and take it one step further, you can't teach people to see. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that comes from um, a higher connection. Yes. You know, that comes from your time, even uh, in the spirit, with the spirit of just even on a personal relationship for me, um, you know, to have those eyes to see and, you know, to hear. And like speaking of hearing, like having inner dialogue, you know, when I'm painting, does that happen to you in the studio? Oh, yeah. I've been talking to myself for years. So not you. <laughs> Yes, that too. Yes, you. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, that that guiding voice. You know what I mean. Painting clouds. You know, you know. One of the things is, it's be still. It's from you know, be still. Mm, I love it. That's one of those places that you're in a, a certain place that is special. Is all I can think of. It's a it's a, a, a intimate. Uh, experience with the painting and again yes. every painting you know I, I, I'm going to be in, end up being known as the cloud guy but every painting is different and yes one of the things that I'm I would always if I'm trying to teach somebody something it's everything you, you have to look at what you're going to be painting because uh, one of the habits I got into when I was young was mannerism basically and I remember painting 101, I'd go outside and we'd be looking at trees, painting, and the instructor basically said, no, paint what you see. Mm, yes. Lots of trees. Here's a tree. Bam. It's like, well, uh, when you got to children's books, that's fine to use, you know, start making stuff up. But you really need to look at what you're painting and paint what you see. Every cloud is different. So every cloud painting is a different experience. So, you know, it's really interesting you said that because I was working on a commission um, last year and I, I was painting what I saw mm -hmm. and I, it was it was a difficult commission. It was quite uh, entailed and detailed. And of course, I was doing it in my style, but I was given the picture by my client. And as I'm painting it, um, something happened. And it's what I call like when you kind of just really get into that flow and you lose track of time and you're really immersed into the whole process and something happened. And immediately I realized what I wasn't seeing and I wasn't seeing the shadows. And I thought, well, how can you not, how can you paint this if you don't paint the shadows? <laughs> and it was like, boom, immediately I finally saw the shadows and I the minute I put that in the painting boom it brought it all together and I thought how did you not see that you know you would eventually I mean trust the process there that yes. it's like why is this not working okay next morning oh you know back when I was doing illustration there you know you're on deadlines to do things uh, mm -hmm. so you had to find quick ways to see what issues were there and one of them was always pick it up and go over to a mirror, look at it in a mirror. It'll show you things that you don't normally see. But sure. It's a painting, you know, you can set it aside and come back to it, you know, two, three days later and see new things. But yeah, sometimes, again, trust the process. Uh, you know, maybe you'll end up doing a stinker of a painting, but you know what? There's lots of other paintings. Sure. Yeah. And we can always paint over them. <laughs> and I think sometimes people 
they they are so critical of what they're doing and they expect results so fast and not not really people ask me about my work it's like i've been doing this for a long time yeah so it does take time it does and they they expect perfection and i was one of those people for a long time and for fear of perfection i didn't go to the canvas because oh. i didn't want to fail you know, and so I had things waiting for me and I'd be like, I don't know if I can do that, you know, and so I've learned to just, like you say, trust the process, trust myself and trust the one that's guiding my hands, you know, really. But it's you know, just failing is how we learn things. I know it is. <laughs> People, uh, you know, ask me uh, regarding about advice to tell k- kids and stuff or kids will ask me, you know, it's, you know, and again, they want them the magic button to make it. And, but the thing is, uh, one of the things I tell them is uh, you will get criticism. There will always be criticism of something. Yes. You will, you need to hear it and then use it because all the people telling you, this is beautiful. This is wonderful. That won't help you at all. It'll help your ego, but it won't help you get better. That's good. So you have to try to set in as hard because painting is personal and uh, you have to listen to, especially if more than one person is telling you one thing then at least listen and look at it in a different way and I try try it you know paint it in a different way yes not made cold so (laughs) right right yes exactly well you said that you just said it and it was a lead into my next question you said painting's personal so tell me honestly what does painting you know and creating personally mean to you and how does it really truly enrich your life we're talking on a very personal level here oh how's it this is one of these things that I have a hard time seeing because I've, it's very important to me, obviously uh, being creative is it's, I've been doing this for so long and it's not just painting. I've always been, had a project going on. Uh, mm-hmm. If you were to see my garden, it's got all of these cedars, twirly things around the, the fence. It's, it's just the way I think. Uh, I, and I don't think of myself as a creative. Uh, mm. I, I am. And, and in fact, this is really interesting. A long time ago, very long time ago, uh, I was uh, working at the ad agency and I had a billboard that was up all over town. I mean, I, no, I'm sorry. I, had a, I was still in college. I was working. And I had this design that won the five straight five state district thing and tuxedos and all that. So everybody saw it within two weeks. The same design was up for a radio uh, uh, station. So all these billboards were all around town and designers were telling me, man, you were just ripped off. And, and so I was getting down about it and, you know, to put things in perspective, the owner of the company, uh, you know, told me, hey, listen, don't think of yourself as creative, okay? There's only one creator. Well, yes, that's the truth. But, you know, th- you know, when I go out in the morning and I'm cleaning out the chicken coop, that keeps me, uh, you know, grounded, I hope. So, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, creative, I, I just don't necessarily think about it. I, I don't think, hey, I'm going to go be creating something today. I just say, I'm going to go make this thing or I'm going to do this painting or whatever it is. I don't necessarily put that label on myself. So, yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, I was asking my husband the other night, I said, you know, what if, what if I couldn't paint? And he's, you know, because I was like, because it means so much to me to do it. What if I couldn't do that? What if, because it is a path to peace for me, it's a place of intimacy. It's a place of connection. It's a place where I can express myself and reflect God's beautiful creations, you know, his creations, of course. And no, never do I, you know, count myself as a creator, so to speak. You know, I know that we're in this together, co-laboring, yeah. you know, for sure, by saying yes to the assignment to do this in our life, by saying yes to our gift, you know. But I asked him, I was like, well, what, what would I do if I couldn't paint? He's like, well, you would adjust. You would find something else, yeah. um, you know, that would fill that that need and that gift, you know. So People always assume your creativity is your hands it's it's mm. your hands it's your the way you look at things it's, mm. it's your mind so he's right you'd find some other way to to come up with a way to express yourself yeah that's good and that's really encouraging because there are people out there i know for 
long time when I was dealing with chronic illness, I, I couldn't paint and with physical pain and I couldn't sit in the chair, couldn't even hold the paintbrush. My hand would get so tight. Um, it, I could hardly unfold my hand if I was holding a brush for so long. And I know that there's people out there that um, it fills their soul. It, it really fe- feeds their soul to, to create, you know, with God and, and to, um, you know, just paint or make something or bead or weave, you know, or something. It's like, are we need to do that when we have that gene within us, <laughs> that DNA, we need to do that. And so I know it's encouraging for others who might be struggling in life right now, or they might be away from the creative world, so to speak, the artistic world, that there is a way, there's a way. And you're right, it is in our mind. And we have to just choose to dream and choose to imagine again. Yeah, it's, it's and, and trust. And trust. Yes, absolutely. So I'm going to wrap this up here. But I want to ask you a couple questions, just two questions on closing, and then I'm gonna let you share from your heart if there's anything you want to share. So if you weren't an artist, what other job, if you could do any other job in the world, what would you do? Well, it's funny. There are several other creative things I'd like to do. I, just, <laughs> I would love to do metal sculpting. I don't know. what. Uh, but honestly, I probably would be doing landscape design because uh, I love working with the earth and garden. And, you know, if you were to visit my where my studio is, there's a pond about 100 feet uh, away from two ponds sorry two ponds and multiple waterfalls uh th- there they're that are they look like they're, they're like god's things but mm. things where, where i live uh the football team's called the sandies because where we live it's sugar sand mm. so if you try to dig a pond where this was it would never hold water so i constructed all this you know in the manner that it would look like one of god's creations look natural total totally so again landscape design i I would probably enjoy doing that uh that's awesome i love to be outdoors i really do anything anytime you know i love to be out i'm not crazy about camping but i do love to be outdoors in any way shape or form and if it it has anything to do with water i'm there (laughs) said yeah but you stay off the ladders (laughs) yeah (laughs) well um so if you were to do a self-portrait. Mm-hmm. What do you think that would look like? <laughs> a lot grayer. <laughs> <laughs> it would be, uh, my wife always tells me, smile, you have a good smile. And it's like, if I did a self-portrait, I would not be smiling. I would just, I'm, you know, in, in fact, you know, when I, the next, you asked me about my next project, it, it's actually a portrait commission. And, oh. uh, you know, the, my, my view on portraits are basically, uh, you know, you're supposed to catch somebody the way they are naturally. Uh, yeah. So if you if you were just this, and there are people like this, mind you, but if you were to walk around smiling all the time, that people think you're insane. So, <laughs> you know, this kind of why is he smiling all the time? So when I tend to do portraits, it would be a more not necessarily stern or anything, but just you know, it's like you walk in the room, somebody looks up, and then you might have a slight smile if you want to. But anyway, if I were doing a portrait of myself. I would do it from me very far away so you can't see me so well. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a lot more interesting wrinkles than there would be in the old days. So <laughs> That's so funny. You're talking about smiling and I have this mug, um, you know, after my mom passed, of course, we went through things and everything and I brought home this mug that reminded me of when I was a kid there. A friend of hers had given her, and do you remember the cartoon character Ziggy? Yeah. Well, it was a Ziggy mug, and I loved him as a kid, but on this mug, it says smile, and then on the back side, it talks about all the different reasons why, and one of them is just smile. It makes people wonder what you've been up to. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of like you're saying, you just walk around smiling all the time, like, what is wrong with that person? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right, you know, but I think it's interesting because I'm doing a self-portrait right now, and um, I- I've chosen to use florals. Um in the process here of this self-portrait and I'm, the one I'm currently working on, I've got a series I'm working on, but the one that I'm working on that's going to Chicago is actually a Magnolia. Oh, and, and yeah. And so it, it's interesting. I, I, you know, for the longest time I was thinking I need to do a self-portrait of myself and I was thinking an actual figurative, you know, a person. 
and that that'll come that'll come in time but I, I I don't paint people I never have and so that's something else that I would love to learn down the road yeah yeah that's the other thing I noticed like on these videos it's like I'm going bald so <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay I'm going I'm going gray and white so part of the process trust the process trust the process <laughs> <laughs> Yep. This has been an absolute delight, and uh, I love your work. I love your heart, and um, you've given me a few things to even think about. And I'm, I, I can't wait for people to hear this, this uh, podcast. I think it's going to be amazingly inspiring to others. And so, well, is, so is there, for having me because uh, well, you're welcome. Things that uh, artists have to deal with sometimes. A lot of artists have uh, studios that they share with other artists. And I've, uh, my wife has the best eye on things. She will catch things that I don't see. And, and, and I say, darn it, I'm going to have to fix that. So, uh, but it's a very lonely existence sometimes to actually yes. talk to artists, other than when you go to certain events, because uh, where we live, there aren't anybody like what do to do what I do around to go talk to anything. So uh, it's nice to, to be able to speak to another artist and, uh, you know, enjoy the conversation that you, yeah. it's the kind of conversation you don't have with another person. So it's, it's been very enjoyable. Thank you so well, much. We get, you're welcome. And we, we get to talk about our trade and it's something we love, you know, and I know, uh, yeah, we could go on. I'm sure we could, this could go on a lot longer, <laughs> but you know, I, I know it is lonely and I'm at home now um, in my studio. And so, um, but I, I work well that way, but that was, that's what I love social media for is to connect with other people. But this, as I told you before, was in my heart just to connect with other creatives. Yes. So would you, what, what advice or what encouragement would you have for any other artists out there who might be walking the same path as us, or maybe they've given up? I would tell them to have faith, uh, to be led, you know, that's hard to do from, mm-hmm. uh, and, and be patient. Um, and the other thing, if you're trying to, you know, surround yourself with good people, uh, people you respect, you respect their opinions. Uh, you know, like I said earlier, it's art's personal. Uh, but again, you have to listen to the criticism. That's that's how you're going to grow. And a lot yeah. of that's hard for a lot of younger people. But uh, you know, it's very personal, and they get they feel like they get shut down. But unfortunately, that's how you really get better at something sometimes. And it's okay mm-hmm. to fail. You know, we don't, again, our society labels everything. Hey, it's a failure. No, it's a learning experience. It's, it's really something that is part of the process. You know, it's, it's, it's important. But above all, you know, just don't get discouraged. Because you know what? Like, like I said earlier, there's no, there's no easy button. No. No, it's, that's the truth. Practice patience and time will you know help you enjoy the journey you know because it should it should be a journey that you enjoy if if you're not enjoying it then you shouldn't be doing it well I was just thinking you know it's really a marathon (laughs) you know this is we're in this for the long haul I mean you have to expect if you're going to do this you're doing it for life it's a life thing and because it's a if especially if it's your natural gift and you're wanting to do it that way and you know, um, I was telling somebody yesterday, I'm like, I think I'll be working on my self-portraits for the rest of my life <laughs> because I'm oh, really? always evolving. We're always changing and we're always growing and there's always something new to capture. And I, I don't know, you know, I'll never arrive as an artist. We can become masters and authorities in our in our area. But honestly, um, it is about the journey. It is. And we have to enjoy it. And if you're not enjoying it, then there's something wrong. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, these days with the culture that we have, there's so many things that are that get in the way of 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 doing that. I mean, there's, there's so much judgment now that mm. I don't know that used to be around. Yeah. And so there's so much uh, not, the competition is not the right word, but, you know, people celebrate commotion. Oh, isn't that the truth? We need to be celebrating each other in our endeavors and our victories in this and to, life. You know, what I want people to do is. You know, put take your phone, take your pa- iPad, set them down. Yeah. For a walk, and look, really look at things. It doesn't have to be a cloud. It can be 
of a tree, hit the bark of a tree, the animal, you know, if you, if you just slow down, yes, experience life, because, you know, that's, that's real life. You're speaking my language now. (laughs) I knew I liked you. (laughs) Well, tell our listeners where they can view and contact you and purchase your beautiful art. Oh, okay. Uh, Well, on, on social media, of course, you can reach me through Instagram or Facebook at Lane Johnson Studio. Just put that in. Uh, my website is also there for that's lanejohnson.com. And that's L-A-Y-N-E. L-A-Y-N-E yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah, L-A-Y-N-E johnson.com. All yeah. right, friend. Well, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, keep painting, keep inspiring, keep working on those videos. I'm looking forward to it because I'm looking, I, I need to know how to paint clouds. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for having me, and I look forward to uh, doing this again soon. Absolutely. All right, Lane, thank you. Have a great day. All right, thank you. All right, bye-bye. Thanks for joining me today on Creative Conversations with Dion White. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For your listening enjoyment, you can follow me and subscribe on Anchor FM, Apple iTunes Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. We'll see you next time.